0: The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of puck talk and even more BS or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks go. All right, Canucks fans, we're one month into the season and your Canucks are dominating uh, with a 6-2-1 record. But you know what's even more dominant than that is the duo of Quinn Hughes and Jack Hughes. They might be the most dominant brother duo in NHL history. Now, here's another dynamic duo, Trevor Banks and Kyle Bowen here Unlocked Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: AAA,
0: hey, hey, hey. welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Banks, Canucks writer over at Daily High Vancouver, and your co-host here on Locked On Canucks. Before we dive into the show, we got to thank you for tuning into Locked On Canucks. It's your team, no scratch that, your Canucks every day day make sure you subscribe or follow for free on youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts i also gotta let you know today's episode is brought to you by <sighs> sleeper whoa download the sleeper app and use promo code locked on nhl to get up to a 100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply see sleepers terms of use for details it has seemed like for some time the nhl has been sleeping on quinn hughes Uh, and his ability to dominate a game, take over a game, be a Norris-caliber defenseman. I don't think the league is sleeping on him anymore, but I've been thinking about it, and I think think Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes might have the most dominant season ever by NHL brothers. We're going to get into that here on this episode of Locked On Canucks. Also going to go over a bunch of Canuck-related things, including Miller's benching, the skate jersey, some speedy guys, some injury updates in Trevor's nose, presented by Kyle. And speaking of that, Kyle, let me introduce him, my sexy co-host, Whoa. Kyle Bellen. What's going on, brother?
1: Sexy co-host. Wow. that's That's flattering, man. My name is Kyle Baum. that's Trevor Beggs, another episode of Lockdown Canucks coming your way. Subscribe, hit the like button if you do enjoy today's episode, and uh, do so if you really did, okay? Because I'm thinking about this, right? Christmas is around the corner, and Trevor Beggs has two children, two children this year. That's a lot of Christmas money being spent. I know, I know your youngest one will not remember Christmas, right? I think he's like a couple months old, but man, oh man, those gifts, this recession, dude, I bought a bag of potatoes for 12 bucks yesterday at Safeway. Dude, about I, that.
0: I, I changed I changed the battery in my car yesterday. Yo, I got no handyman skills, but uh it's a re- it's it's a recession, man. So oh. you know, gotta gotta do what I can to save the big bucks and you know trying to impress the right wife with my handyman skills. I like as it as well.
1: I like it, man. I uh, like but
0: it. I'm I'm telling you, man, like no matter what you and I do to impress our girls, <laughs> we cannot be impressive. As impressive as Quinn Hughes and Jack Hughes, who are, you know, I think set to have, if you know, one of the most dominant season ever by brothers, if not the do- most dominant season ever by NHL brothers. Um, so let's get right into it. So, wow. you know, three stars of the month came out. Jack Hughes, star number one. Elias Pettersson, star number two. David Paschenak, star number three. I, You know, honestly, you know, Pettersson's been doing his thing. I, But I do think Quinn Hughes maybe should be considered for one of those spots. But, you know, 32 teams in the league. You can't have two stars in the same team, I guess. Uh, but Quinn Hughes, metal man, he's been dynamic so far. He's tied for first uh, in scoring among defensemen. And his brother Jack is, again, leading the league in the NHL scoring. So, Kyle, call me crazy. I know we're only one month into the season. But I'm picturing a world right now where Jack Hughes can win the Hart Trophy. Quinn Hughes could win the Norris Trophy. Like, I really think it's him and my car right now who are the front runners. And if you even want to throw Luke Hughes into the mix, I mean, Luke Hughes is, you know, first among defensive rookie scoring. And I know there's Bedard and Cooley doing their thing, but there's a chance. Let's see if we throw Luke Hughes in the mix here would have some fun. There's a chance that the Hughes brothers might win the Hart, the Norris, and the Calder all in one season. Am I crazy?
1: No, you're not crazy at all. And we talked about the hyper-competitiveness that is leading Quinn Hughes to become a better player, and that's, you know, that's... in. in- due to large part of him being the captain of the Vancouver Canucks, but also seeing his brothers play for New Jersey and having these high expectations. Like, it's instinctively making him a better player because he wants to be there with his brothers. He wants to play games that matter. And if you look at somebody like Luke Hughes, I know it's a Canuck program, but i got to talk about the guy. I think he sees it pretty clear that, okay, Jack Hughes, his other brother, may win the heart. Quinn Hughes may win the Norse. Uh, let's make this year special. I want to win something. I want to go to Vegas for the award show. I, I want to win the Calder too and the blueprint is there he's playing on a high octane octane octave how do i say it high octave octane octane he's 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 on one of those teams right offensively that team could score a lot of points the pp's gonna get better and he just got there like he got there at the end of last year and he just got there pretty much this season yet i don't even think this guy's played like 20 games 30 games he's gonna get better and there's a lane for him to win the calder uh this all being said how can this be a canuck show where you're well, you're bringing up this subject right Luke uh, Qu- Quinn Hughes Jack Hughes potentially being you know right up there at the top putting putting together the best brother duo season of all time when we got Henrik and Daniel who did their thing in 29 2009 2010 well, 2010 2011 come on man come on man
0: that's kind of well, rude but I, I think this is this is why it's a debate man and I think this is why it's so Canuck related because yeah. when you talk about you know the most dominant season by NHL Brothers uh how could you not imagine Henrik and Daniel Sedin, right? Uh, You know, late 2000s, early 2010s, you know, back-to-back Art Ross Ross trophies for those guys. Um, And when I think of the most dominant seasons by NHL brothers, again, I was diving into this a bit, um, you know, before the show started. There's obviously Henrik and Daniel Sedin from, you know, uh, 2009, 2010, 2011. Like those seasons were all incredibly dominant by the Sedin twins. Uh, Going back in the time machine, you know, I I, I thought about uh, Henri and Henri Richard and Maurice Richard, the Rocket, uh, Rocket Richard, first guy to score 50 goals, in 50 games. You know, those brothers actually had 15 years apart, but, you know, they won cup after cup after cup in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Henri Richard has uh, 11 Stanley Cup victories in his career, which is, wow. I don't think an NHL record, I don't think it will ever be broken. But, you know, even those guys, again, 15 year gap. So when Henri Richard was a young guy coming up in the league, Maurice Richard was a little bit older. So neither of them really like absolutely dominated the league at the same time. And again, that's that's a time when there were six teams in the NHL, a little different than it is today. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I think the other most dominant brother example, and again, I'm not going to pull any Wayne Gretzky, Brent Gretzky crap, okay? Brent Gretzky paid like 13 NHL games. I'm talking about two brothers who dominated at the same time. The Espositos are another one that comes to mind. Uh, and I think this is probably the best example because there was a stretch in the early 70s where – Phil Esposito was pretty much winning the Art Ross every single year. And Tony Esposito was winning the Vesna. Like, to me, that's the most comparable example uh, to what Jack and Quinn Hughes are doing right now. Because, again, Sadine twins on the same team. Neither of them were winning trophies at the same time. I actually legitimately think that Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes could be winning trophies together this season. And, again, even Luke Hughes as well.
1: Well, I mean, those two, Henrik and Daniel, they won what? Like a heart and art back-to-back? No, no. Did they win? No, no. it was It wasn't back-to-back. It wasn't back to back. It was yeah, like. Yeah,
0: they, they won back to back, but Daniel got robbed of the heart by Corey Perry. Yeah, there forget. you go.
1: There you go. No, I mean, I had to ask the question, but let's be honest. Let's be real. These two, uh, like the Hughes brothers, the ones at the top, Jack and Quinn, they're at the top of the league at a way earlier stage in their career. And individually speaking, mm-hmm. they're better players. It's just the truth. They're better players than Henrik and Daniel Sedin. So there is a lane for Ooh. those guys to be the best brother combo to ever play the game. And we brought this up yesterday, you know, uh, these two still very young. They still spend their summers together. I'm going to throw Luke in that mix too. Cause I've seen a couple of games of him and to be honest, he just reminds you of Quinn Hughes, like a taller, like he seems a little taller out there, yeah. but he just reminds me of Quinn Hughes.
0: Yeah, he Dude, is. These yeah. three are
1: just around each other each summer, just getting greater playing hockey all the time. Being around that level of competitiveness and again just talent, it's going to bode well for all three of these guys, and we're lucky to have one of them. Uh, remember that video of Jack Hughes when he when Luke got drafted by the Devils and Jack was just super super excited. I think people took it yeah in a weird way, but at the end of the day, it's it's a beautiful thing to see that amount of love and appreciation for one another, and it's so rare, man. Like you had the Star brothers and whatnot, but they were all great players, good players in their own regard. But to see guys already be at the top this early in their career, like what the hell were these guys eating when they were younger? Like what were the Hughes family dinners like? Chicken, chicken breast and broccoli yeah, only, that's... right? This is why you don't put seasoning on your yeah. chicken breast, right, Trevor? To develop great hockey children.
0: Jeez, i definitely put seasoning on my chicken breast. That's why I'm not in the NHL, I say, eh? Yeah, man, you put too much seasoning uh, on there, slowing
1: you down, bro. Come on, man. Now it's cool, man. It's cool, <laughs> yeah. and – um. Quinn man Quinn is is turning into one of those players where the expectations are getting so high for the guy but when he doesn't play the perfect game like yesterday for example he's too good with the puck not to pick up a couple assists so we're gonna start seeing the yeah, snowball yesterday's game <laughs> yeah we're gonna start seeing the snowball effect of Quinn just getting more and more attention and I do believe the Canucks could be in the Eastern Conference towards December like playing playing a lot of games in the east and he's gonna get a lot of attention.
0: Yeah. And I think they go on an Eastern road swing through at least Eastern Canada in November. I believe they play like the Sens, Habs and Leafs. They do all that in November. So uh, yeah, the, the Quinn Hughes hype train it has left the station and the Jack Hughes hype train is right there with him. I mean, again, these two, to these guys, these guys have been two of the best players in the NHL this season. Let us know in the comments. If you think Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes, and even Luke Hughes to an extent, might have the most dominant season by NHL brothers ever this season. You know, you know... Um, um, so whether uh, that's more than what Heather could and live for the Canucks.
1: You know, uh, one person in the East who knew Quinn was this good the whole time and also alluded to the fact that the reason why Quinn... I'm paraphrasing just a bit, but the reason why Quinn isn't getting the respect he deserves is because the Canucks suck. I think Jack Hughes said something similar to that notion last off season on 32 Thoughts. Yeah. And again, these guys play yeah, together. They know each other. a lot other. of controversy. Exactly, man. But it's the truth. And I got to take the time to just be proud of Quinn, man. Instead of me going off on how proud I am of Quinn Hughes, why don't we do this, okay? I'm going to ask you and you and you and you and you and you if this world would be a better place, yes, this hockey world, if Quinn Hughes, Jack Hughes, and Luke Hughes have their own podcast. Just like the Kelsey brothers. well, Let's call it Brothers and Friends. Or whatever. Maybe you could think of the name. But I feel as if there's something there. And we could learn a lot. Not just about these three. But just about the game in general. And where it's going. If these three were to. Again, bring something to the world of entertainment and hockey. I feel it. Brothers and Friends or whatever. Anyway, so let's get back to that other show. Locked on Canucks. I'm so excited for tomorrow's game against San Jose. Can't believe it. We're blessed.
0: Living a blessed life. Uh, Kyle, you mentioned Talkett, Peterson, and Miller there and you know those guys might come up in our next segment which is called Trevor's Notes presented by Kyle. Before we get to that I gotta let you know that when you're drafting your fantasy team do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for the right candidates with the right skills when you can do it all on Indeed. Do you hate waiting? Because Indeed's US data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Now these Indeed ad reads, I, I can relate to them, but it always kind of brings me down because my wife calls me the flash. And it reminds me of Indeed because they got Instant Match, baby. Now, me being The Flash, maybe not a good thing. But Instant Match, I'm telling you, it's a great thing, okay? With Instant Match, candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it on search. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have job requirements so go and visit indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now just go to indeed.com slash locked on indeed.com slash locked on terms conditions apply cost per application price not available for everyone need to hire you need indeed
1: Okay, okay, you're back on another episode of Locked on Canucks. My name is Kyle Bowen. More importantly, that's Trevor Beggs. Uh, But more importantly, this is a show where we give you your Canucks every day, man. Talking about our brothers, man. Do do you wish you had a a cool brother or a cool set of brothers like Quinn does have? Because I have a brother, and he's all right. Like, he's cool. He's a nice guy. But I wish... (laughs) I don't know. I wish he was uh, an elite a- athlete. I wonder what would happen to my life, right? You're a product of your environment, right? And what if I was growing up as a young chap with somebody who was waking up 5 a.m. every day to skate around uh, the back- backyard rink to get better at this at this game of his and potentially live out his dream? I think I'd be in a different place. Yes, um, I'm wishing that I had a different brother. It is yeah. what it is. The truth hurts, I know.
0: And no no regrets for me, because why would I want, you know, multiple brothers to make me good at hockey? Why would I want to be making millions of dollars when I could be right here, a Locked On Canucks, beside you, buddy, making tens of dollars? Let's go.
1: <laughs> straight up, straight up. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Again, this is the show where we give you <laughs> your Canucks every day. One love to my brother. He's a cool dude and uh, a big reason why I'm here today. Uh, Trevor, man, you wrote some notes about yesterday's game and uh, I'm... I'm starting to feel like we're getting a little too cocky, you know? But I like it though, because we're being accountable, right? Uh, we will, well, we feel like we're being accountable even though we're not playing the game. Uh, anyways, we'll get more into that on Trevor's Notes, brought to you by Kyle. Uh, okay, note number one from Trevor. And I knew this was gonna be note number one. I'm surprised that it actually wasn't the lead topic for today's episode because Trevor Beggs is, again, the darkest guy on the program look at us he's so dark isn't he uh JT Miller benched for 4 minutes being held accountable for his actions for taking 6 minutes worth of penalties um i'm going to let you take the the floor here then i'm going to reply because i feel as if we may have different opinions about uh, the actions of JT Miller
0: yeah, so I'll be honest. I missed the first part of the game. Uh, you
1: know, trick or treating with my why, with picked, my kid, dressing you your up as a pop character. You picked your family over work. How are you going to bring home the bacon, bro? I right, said so that's why we're making tens of dollars
0: here on Locked On Canucks. Hey, um, man. You know, from that that third minor penalty. Yeah, I mean, regardless, yeah, I think J.T. Miller was playing a little sloppy. The whole team was a little sloppy last night in Nashville. To be completely honest, but mm-hmm. it's hard to complain with the way he rebounded, right? Um, comes out there and scores at 4-on-4. I mean, it it, it was one of those situations, too, where I felt like almost too much has been going the right way for the Canucks. Mm -hmm. You know, like that penalty that uh, was called on Forsberg for slashing the stick out of the JT's Miller hands was a very soft call. Yeah, And, of course, takes the National Predators off the power play, and then JT Miller goes and and scores at 4-on-4. I mean, you know, say what you will, JT Miller, say what what you will with the benching. The guy has nine points of four home games so far. Yeah. I mean... I, I'm personally okay with it. And again, I think it's one of those situations where maybe the media and, and you and I could make a bigger story out of it uh, than needs to be, but I'm not going to sit here and make it a big story.
1: Dude, talk. It had to do it because it's that, uh, it's that saying that he's been living by. And I think you have the exact quote, but it's about sacrificing your individual needs for the betterment of the team. And, JT Miller, who's such a fiery individual, can do that sometimes, and he's got to hold it together, don't get me wrong, and I'll take dumb penalties. This all being said, I still would encourage JT Miller to be that intense. He's one of the few guys on this soft team, I know I know, that's a harsh thing to say, but it's just the truth, who gives it his all every shift. We've seen, seen it early, and sometimes it's going to lead to him you know, uh, erupting, and I think the first one was kind of was kind of warranted, okay? So he hooks Forsberg, Forsberg chicken wings his arm, and Miller's the only one that gets the penalty. And keep in mind, this is after the refs screwed over the Vancouver Canucks, your Vancouver Canucks, a couple days ago, okay? So Miller, you know, repping your team, being the superhero for your city, he's got to, you know, he's got to remount the ref. And he did that, and he picked up another two minutes, and obviously that's going to piss off the coach. But I kind of understand the logic, and then, that other penalty against against Yossi where he's being uber aggressive, like super aggressive, obviously a penalty. Uh, Tocket's not happy about it, benches him after, but I'm thinking about that that fourth goal that Miller did score. Look at Yossi on that play. Yossi is not worried about the puck or anything. He's just trying to get back at JT Miller, and I wonder if Miller does score that goal if, again, Miller's not the most annoying player on the ice that night, slash if he didn't go after yossi physically like is yossi who's such a skilled defenseman such as wise guy. Is he playing that play with less anger and just focused on the puck or you know what i'm saying yeah you get what i'm trying to say like i feel as if miller yeah
0: no like, i think that's a great point what miller
1: brings to the game i don't want that to be watered down i know it may cost us here and there but he's one of the only guys who again gets angry out there and it's nice to see man it really is nice to see i'm not mad at jt miller but I'll say this, good on Talkit for having large balls. Like, I definitely don't have large balls. Like, trust me, nobody's, like, I've had a couple girlfriends, like, they've never said I've had big balls, you know? And for Talkit to mm. for to, do that this early in the season and this early in the season where your best player has been JT Miller, especially in the forward position, is, is crazy. But he did it.
0: Yeah, no, it's a fair comment about Tockett's balls. And uh, I I don't doubt that, man. The guy guy leads the NHL in Gordie Howe hat-tricks historically. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, he got to have some big balls for that.
1: And he's got to be the leader, man. I think, again, Quinn's that guy. Patterson, Demko, Miller, they can do it. They can do it themselves. But I feel as if Tockett does have to kind of lead the way. He's been here longer when it comes to being around the NHL, being around good players, being around great players. And this team kind of needs that alpha in there, And I don't think that alpha is JT Miller. He's too, he's too chaotic, you know, to like, think about it. He doesn't speak to the media. He's not doing a media hit this morning. Like he's, he's really emotional. Whereas I think talk, it is that alpha who can keep it all together. And look at what happened on Saturday, right? He's given the death stare. He may be, he's maybe like swearing a couple times with the refs, but he's not, he's not causing this team to have a two minute, an extra two minute bench minor for one sportsman. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like talk, it's composed. Mm-hmm. He really is. Anyways, Pedersen, next up on Trevor's notes, picks up a hat trick. Also gets called out by Tockett <laughs> during his run yeah. for turning over the puck. And it's uh, it's a little all over the place when it comes to Pedersen's game yesterday, but it's really nice to see again. And we talked about this with Quinn Hughes. These guys are so on right now where they don't have to be perfect, but they're still going to pick up two or three points and help the Vancouver Canucks win games. Uh, Trevor, I-, I think the the best way to have you talk about Pedersen is – by predicting his contract again i know it's a it's a game that we always play but it's pretty obvious that this guy is going to get eight years at 100 million dollars
0: yeah i do think that's the bar right now well, I, I say the absolute floor is the passion act deal which is 11.25 um and i think again we talked about it, it over the summer if you adjust that you know if the cap was up to 87 million as projected 11.25 would actually be 11.75 so, I think 11.75 is probably the floor. But yeah, I see this guy getting 12, even kind of 12 and a half, you know, the Connor McDavid contract. So, um but again, he had that quote after the game. And it's kind of awkward, to be honest. I know it's you no know, nothing on the new Canucks reporter, Kate Pedersen, there, but it's just kind of awkward to interview players after the game in front of the whole arena sometimes. But mm-hmm. so I found that interview kind of awkward with Pedersen, but he kind of dropped that quote where he said, it's a, it's fun to play here again. Yeah. As in, you know, it wasn't fun to play here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, maybe he didn't quite mean it like that, but I, I think that is kind of how he meant it, you know? Um, uh, yeah. But again, it's nice because the Canucks are are killing it on a home ice and hopefully he does enjoy playing here and has fun playing here because you know, this team should be paying for a long, long time as long as he wants to stay here.
1: Dude, it's a, it's a need. We brought it up yesterday. That OEL contract is going to hurt the Vancouver Canucks for a very long time. And, uh, Pedersen at twelve point five is gonna look good at the time when, again, that contract of Oels is gonna really really hurt us, and we need a guy like that on our team when we can't afford other plug and play players because we have some dead cap that is so frustrating. But again, it is what it is. Uh, as far as his comments go after the game, I think there's like a bit of like a English to Swedish translation type of thing that's kind of yeah. gets get skewed up but at the same time it would have been funny if he said uh it's finally fun to play here that would have made more sense that would have made more sense (laughs) he also talked about the skate jersey too and i i think it's pretty it's pretty obvious that all the players love that jersey and i think it's even more obvious that the canucks can be one of the coolest teams in the league if they win hockey games then migrate over to that jersey full time
0: it's got to go hand in hand though
1: but they can be one of the like the sexiest teams in sport if that's their if that's their getup but they got to win games
0: yeah i'm not gonna lie and i've said this before i still prefer i still prefer blue and green over the black but i like it as a third jersey maybe that's a hot take because connect station seems to prefer the black you're
1: soft man you're soft anyways uh blooger this guy may be coming back soon if so who leaves the lineup uh talk about this
0: yeah, so talker basically said that uh, Bluegirds seen some doctors recently. expects him to be on the ice in the next couple of days. It's funny, like I think back to the preseason when Susie and Bluegird got injured in that preseason game. Bluegird kind of blocked a shot, it didn't seem like much, but Susie's injury looked nasty. And it's been the other way around, right? It's been Bluegird missing time, and, and Susie who came back to the lineup pretty quick. Um, who comes into the lineup? I still think, man, oh man, as much as hooglander has been putting up points, I still think it's Tuglander wow. and maybe Joshua. Um, I, I'd rather
1: I'd rather take it's, Joshua, it's not, out, man. Like,
0: yeah, but I think it's between those two guys. Yeah, um, like I don't think it's Bovilla. I don't think it's Garland. I don't think it's Suter. Um, I don't think it, I, I'm almost convinced it's not Lafferty. Uh, so when when Bluger comes back, I think it comes down to a, a Joshua and Hooglander. And I, I agree, with the two, I'd probably I would take Joshua out. But I think those are really the two candidates right now.
1: Dakota has to be physical every game. Like he has to have a board-rattling hit every game. I know he does a, lot, a couple other things, and he wants to be known as somebody else who can do more than just lay the body, but I think for him to stay in the lineup, he has to do that. Because if you're talking about who you remove from the lineup, I don't know how you take out Hoaglander, who's been intense like every single shift. Not the perfect player, but I feel as if, again, there's a recipe for him to be successful yeah. in the bottom six, especially alongside Lafferty and uh, I'm looking at this note. Is this the truth? Mikheyev and Lafferty, two of the fastest players in the NHL? Like, like Are you lying about this?
0: No, there was some uh, tracking data, and I know Jay Fresh posted it on his Twitter. And it was basically the fastest NHLers in terms of uh, players who frequently exceeded 20 miles per hour uh, from 2021 through 2023. And there were 100 players on the list, I guess the 100 fastest forwards. And Sam Lafferty ranked ninth. Ninth wow. on this list in terms of uh, speed bursts above 20 miles an hour, uh, and Ilya Makayev was 22nd. So yeah, it's it's interesting to see that it, it's kind of a um, when you see stats like this, it's like you know I think most NHLers can hit bursts over 20 miles an hour, uh, but to do it consistently are guys who play fast and play hard. Like mm-hmm. you know it might surprise you like some of the names of those like Zach McEwen ranked 19th. Like we don't think of Zach McEwen, former Canucks Zach McEwen, as a speedster. Um, but again, it's, it's more so guys who play the game hard, um, mm. and kind of use their legs to go get it on the forecheck pretty fast. And we've seen that from McAvoy and Lafferty, uh, to be just interesting that, you know, according to this, uh, one, this, this data set here, uh, they're two of the fastest skaters in the NHL.
1: And that's needed, yeah, especially in the bottom six. And I do think there's some chemistry brewing between Lafferty and Hoaglander not offensively, but definitely when it comes to. Their identity, I feel as if they feed off of each other. You know, Hoglander sees Lafferty going on the forecheck and he tells himself, you know, I'm going to do the same thing and it's vice versa. And it's it's good to have some sort of identity in your bottom six and I think that's developing between them and at least we get that from one of the lines because I think it's those two who do that every shift and then it's like DiGiuseppe and Miller who do that on every shift and that's cool. You, you got to stay hard, yeah. right? We're talking about big balls talk it. <clears throat> he loves it hard, man. He loves it hard. He doesn't, he doesn't like it soft, man. Nobody likes it soft, man. Do you know anybody that's liked it soft? Has it ever gotten soft after it's been hard and it shouldn't have been that way? Trevor, if you know what I'm saying?
0: Oh, I, you know, I, I think uh, it happens. It happens here and there, you know? Yeah. Um, we're getting older, bro. We're getting older. We're, we're all we're all human, man. We're all human. Yeah. We're all human. It and happens, that's, man. That's the way it goes. But you know what? If uh, if you're having a bad day, first and foremost, you can know, always tune into Locked On Canucks, uh, your team every day, Kyle and I. We got you covered. Um, And B, you can go use the Sleeper app, okay? Sleeper is my choice for daily fantasy hockey, okay? Nils Hoaglander, you know, he could score a Hattie in the next game. The Canucks could hoist the Stanley Cup. That seems more more and more realistic every day. You could win win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. Because with Sleeper, you can take players uh, to win on goals, uh, assists, points, Plus, minus, and pick the over or under on any of those stats, okay? To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of 8 player stats. You heard me, Canucks fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you can get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Not a bad deal. Terms and conditions apply, that's code Locked On NHL. See sleepers terms used for details and locational availability.
1: People, people, before we get back to the show, baby, I gotta tell you that new episodes of Locked On Canucks will be available wherever you stream podcasts and on YouTube at 4.20 p.m. for no reason at all. Okay, new episodes every day at 420 p.m. Again, wherever you stream podcasts and on YouTube. Let's get back to the show. Okay, okay, you're back on another episode of Locked on Canucks. My name's Kyle Bowen. That's Trevor Beggs. Your Vancouver Canucks, 6-2-1. We barely mentioned that. Uh, Maybe we're not getting too high, right, about this. Maybe we're just still in wait-and-see mode and uh, taking it one game at a time, and I do advise a lot of people to do that. That being said, if you want to be excited and, you know, put some money down on this team winning the Stanley Cup, uh, maybe use FanDuel, okay? Had to plug them on this episode. They've been doing... Uh, A lot for us. And uh, I got to plug them, too, because, again, Christmas is around the corner, bro. Christmas is around the corner. and There's a small chance that I'm going to become a gambling addict just to make it so I can buy uh, my girl a purse. Okay? Just the truth. I've been with her for a couple years. I feel as if, like, the rookie contract is over. The three-year entry-level deal is over, you know? This Christmas, I got to step it up with something, you know? Just to let her know. For real. Right? That or Tim Horn's gift card.
0: Well, maybe there's a Tim Hortons gift card in the purse.
1: Oh, that, <laughs> that was nuts, bro. I don't know how you go again, man. Trevor is, he lays it down, man. He lasts, what, 18 to 22 minutes in bed. I don't know. I, I, not that I, like, you know, I just, we've talked about it before. And he's also super romantic, man. its It's a guy who fires on all cylinders. That. It's just the truth.
0: I'm so romantic that I that I throw. I'm so romantic that I throw a Canucks in the background and I wait till you and I
1: are done talking until I finish. Okay? Whoa, that's nuts. <laughs> okay, speaking of really the finish, the mood. speaking of the finish, I know you're gonna get to uh, the Cam Neely Player of the Week. I want to talk about Quinn Hughes and Jack Hughes just a bit more, and I'll throw Luke Hughes in this mix too. We barely mentioned this off the top, but I feel as if they're they're so exciting in their own way because they bring something unique to the game, and they must practice this. In the summers, or they must have figured it out, but they have a different level of elusiveness. It's extraordinary. It really is. It's kind of on that Connor McDavid level. Like the way these guys skate is unreal and it's super exciting and it's good for the game. And I hope that Vancouver is shown more to America, you know, on ESPN, TNT, and whatnot, because I think Quinn Hughes, and maybe we don't say this often just based on his demeanor, is. Really, really excited. Uh, sorry, really, really exciting to watch, and I think Jack Hughes gets that mark constantly. But I think it's it's time to label Quinn Hughes as a very exciting player in the NHL.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I, I see the same in Luke Hughes as well. Mm. Um, and then, it, it's okay that you bring them up again because there's a tie-in to the New Jersey Devils uh, with our Cam Neely, former Canuck of the Week. Okay, bringing back a, a favorite segment from uh, last season. Well, again, really kind of on what, like month six or seven of doing locked on Canucks. But uh, (laughs) we were doing this uh, during hockey games in the spring. Uh, So here it is, the Cam Neely, former Canuck of the week. And for this week, it's a reigning champion, okay? Tyler Toffoli. This guy is definitely one of the best former Canucks uh, who is playing in the NHL right now. Not that that has to be an NHLer for this segment, but Tyler Toffoli uh, over the last four games for the New Jersey Devils has six goals, six goals in four games, six goals, wow. seven points in his last four games. Uh, Kyle, do you know who Tyler Toffoli is playing with in New Jersey? Jack Hughes. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, first line in New Jersey right now is Tyler Toffoli, Jack Hughes, and Timo Mayer. Uh Stacked. So I know t- we, we've seen in Vancouver. We know that Toffoli has a nose for the net. He's... A good complimentary player, but I'd say even a bit more than that, right? Like He led the Calgary Flames in scoring last season. Uh, Really, really solid pickup by the Devils. And um, yeah, I'm always still a little bit better. That's how Tafoli left Vancouver the way he did, but now we're like three plus seasons since he left. So uh, now we got Philadelphia Giuseppe, baby, so it's all good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that for whatever reason, every time I see Toffoli play, I just think of Brock Besser. That being said, Toffoli is by far and away, more consistent offensively. They may put up similar points every now and then, but again, the consistency that Toffoli brings to the Devils or whatever team he's on makes him way more valuable. And I'm not trying to knock on Brock Besser, but I feel as if early on in this season, like he's been, he's been good and he's been part of like a really good line too. But there are spurts where I'm like, okay, like can he be more offensively dynamic or is this just what Brock Besser is? And I'm not calling him a floater. He's not a floater, but, um, yeah, I, I again, I don't know why when I think of Toffoli, I think of Besser. Do you, do you, you kind of get where I'm trying to take this riff?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I get it to an extent. They're definitely different players though, right? I mean, Toffoli is mm. more of a nose for the net and Brock Besser is trying to finesse a lot of the time. But I do think you know both of them played in Vancouver. They're both top six wingers, uh, regardless of their different styles, and they're both kind of complementary players to mm. the play driver on a line. Um, and mm-hmm. I think you can kind of expect the same kind of offensive output from them. I know Toffoli was better than Bester last season, but yeah, for for a lot of reasons, I think they're again good complementary top six pieces. Um, so I see the similarities there, even if there's some stylistic differences between the two players,
1: I think we'd see more consistency in Brock Besser's offensive ability when it comes to him being potentially dynamic. If the third guy on his line was offensively inclined as well, it would just make it obviously a lot more easier. Again, not trying to knock on Brock Besser, but I would love him to be more consistent because that, that would just bring a different level to the Vancouver Canucks. I know he has 10 points in, uh, in nine games or whatever a lot of those came in the beginning of the season but there i there is a different level to Brock Besser's game that i think we could still still see and some it's something that we should expect it's just the truth it just it's just the truth okay speaking of uh, what you should expect uh we're here every day okay you're Canucks every day no matter what okay halloween or not uh christmas or not uh, yo I'm, we may be here on christmas man christmas morning maybe we won't spend time with our families maybe we'll spend time with you who knows <laughs> Who knows what the future holds, okay? All I'm saying is, again, this is your show where we give you your Canucks every day. Hit the like and subscribe button if you did enjoy today's episode. If you didn't, don't do it. Don't lie to yourself. Save the world with one less lie at a time. Begsy, sign us out.
0: All right. Shout out to the everydayers, the occasional listeners. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the program. And a special shout out to the new subscribers. We freaking love all you guys and gals, for that matter. Um, coming up later in the week, I want to talk about how one AHL defenseman has saved the entire Vancouver Canucks defense. Whoa. I think you might know who I'm talking about. Also want to talk about a, a lot of Canucks prospects have been ripping it up, but there's one guy in particular that I want to talk about on the next episode of Locked On Canucks. But for now, I'm Trevor Banks. And that guy's come out and you've been listening to Locked On yes. <laughs>
1: Boop <laughs> boop